I'm Mike Hebert, owner of Cantex Roofing and Construction. Every day is game day, and we'll get it right when it comes to your roofing, construction, windows, and mirrors. Call Cantex Roofing and Construction today. Together, we are one serving you. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Headlines, round one. You got Tech Talk on Double T 97.3 and Double T 97.3.com. We're live for the first United Bank studio with Choice Woodman and Ben Porman. I'm Clint Scottman. Is it okay if I add that to it so we can all just kind of be matchy-matchy? Trios! As long as you don't say matchy-matchy. Matchy-matchy. Try men. That's what we are. (laughs) Ben Ben has a very uncomfortable face over there. SD. Okay. All right. Moving on. Lady Raider basketball will be on after us. Six o'clock with Krista Gerlich as they take a look back at a loss in Provo. They uh, stuck with them early. And then in the second half, really in the fourth quarter, finally just didn't have enough offense to match. They lose 60-46 to 46, uh, in Provo. Didn't have a couple Lady Raiders in double figures. And surprise, surprise, it was Jasmine Shavers and Bailey Moppin. Moppin with 12, Shavers uh, with 16. Coach Gerlich and company will break that down tonight live from Rudy's after we're done. And then over on 100.7, the score, 6 o'clock. It is the high school fan zone, LASD, on Monday nights. Coronado at 6, Estacado 620, Lubbock High 640, and Monterey at 7 o'clock as they hang out with Garrett Luft here in the first United Bank studio. The men's team had a terrific comeback. They took on BYU at home, ultimately winners 85-78, to down 16 at the half. BYU looked like they could not miss offensively and defensively. You were clearly a little shaken up there in the first half, but those halftime adjustments, Choice. Yeah, those were uh, were, were pretty good. I jotted down some notes at the game, like angry notes in the first half. Uh-huh. And uh, a lot of it changed. How <laughs> <laughs> much got scribbled out? Much... Well, okay, so yeah. uh, Tech going through pick and roll hell. Um, yeah. Team was not prepared to play defense or refused to do so, one or the other. And uh, Joe Toussaint needs to play more within himself. I still think that one holds true. Um, the last couple of games, I think he's been overplaying a little bit. But the defense was the difference in the second half. I know – Scoring fifty what three points in the second half, you, you look at that and say, "Oh, offense got hot. Pop Isaac's got hot." There was, and I, I don't know if it's as noticeable on TV or not, but there was a palpable effort that was different on on the defensive end of the floor, where Texas Tech played so much faster, sped BYU up on defensive end, and that turned into a lot of easier points on the other end. So, yeah, that's that's where it started, and. Uh, you forced them into more difficult looks, a lot less wide open threes than they had in the first half. And because 10 for 20 uh, in the first half from three and three for 19 in the second half. So well, it just, it looked like they were throwing around you. And, and I, I, I do think that the defensive effort ramped up, but even just knowing where you were supposed to be and how to guard a team yeah. that has so many shooters and where, where it felt like everyone on the floor could just sit in the corner and if they, you know, found a wide open three, they could knock it down, and just felt like you didn't know how to approach that yep. early on. And then you found yourself, um, and just 
I, I felt like the effort side was big, but you're right. It's not like you just got hot offensively, which Pop Isaacs did, don't get me wrong, but it wasn't just like you shot yourself back into that game. It started on the defensive side. Fully yeah. agree. Isaacs did have a career-high 32. Warren Washington added in 19. Uh, third Red Raider in double figures was Chance McMillan off the bench with 14 points. Uh, if you're looking for the top 25, hey, how would things shake out? In the AP top 25, you are now number 20. Coaches poll, you move to 21. Uh, the top 25, rest of the way out for the Big 12. Kansas at 7, Oklahoma at 11, um, U at 20, BYU 21, Iowa State 23. Did I say Oklahoma already? Yes, you did. Yeah, Baylor, there we go. Baylor sitting right there smack dab at 15, staring me in the eyes as so, I skip over them. So seven Big 12 teams in the top 25. The next closest conference has three. Boy, it's not eight, though. It was eight. What are we doing? It was eight. It's this, this, I tell you, this conference is disintegrating. Just taking steps back every day. SEC, Big East, Big Ten, and Mount West all have three teams in. Big 12 has seven in the top 25. I, I feel like the growth, and I mentioned this with Gus last week, but I feel like the growth for the big, in disdain for the Big 12 from other conferences or teams in other conferences is growing like most Teams from other conferences hate the SEC in football. Yeah, I, I, and I think it's because there's a parallel storyline where one conference is winning the championships. Like there's, there's multiple racked on the wall, um, and then you've got year in and year out. You look, you can go six deep and say that team can do some serious damage mm-hmm. at least. And by serious damage, I mean like Sweet Sixteen serious damage in the tournament, and it's legitimate. And then past that, you're going, boy, but there could be nine or ten teams that are going to be fighting for a tournament spot. And as yeah. your conference gets bigger, guess what? Those numbers are going to grow up too, so you will have nine or ten in the conference. And then that conversation shifts to, boy, well, okay, who's the 11 or 12 that are you're talking about and that one or two who are going to be on the bubble? And I, I know like from the football side of it with the SEC, that gets sickening to talk about. Yeah, so it in does. the Big Twelve, but I think earned. most it's it's earned. Though. Yeah, but I think most fans probably in both situations acknowledge. Well, yeah, that's the best conference in each situation. Um, speaking of Big Twelve, not hijack, not trying to hijack here, but did you see the uh, Big Twelve record that fell over the weekend? I don't think I did. You didn't see the record. UCF now oh. owns the record for the lowest shooting percentage yeah. in a game. <laughs> Big 12 game. Welcome to the league. 15.9% they shot against Houston and still lost by less than tech loss somehow. Hold on to that. We'll, we'll revisit that. It's nuts. See, I told you they're terrible. They suck. I don't think they suck. I think Houston is great at home, and they're fantastic defensively, and you saw that yep. uh, last Wednesday. Uh, and last but not least, run through the NFL scores real quick. The Ravens. They move on to the AFC Championship game. They took down the Texans 34-10. Great game in the first half. Second half, Lamar Jackson and company rolled. Uh, other side, of course, last night, the Chiefs win 27-24, to outlasting Josh Allen and the Bills. For the NFC, top-seeded 49ers move on. They beat the Packers 24-21. to uh, Jordan Love with an all-time what-are-you-doing throw to end that game. Oh, it's my still gosh. a very good game to watch. Uh, how many what-are-you-doing throws do we have at end the games? Uh, Baker Mayfield had one, too. He had one. Um, I thought Love's was worse, but Mayfield had one. Too. His was bad. 
Uh, do we have another one? Anyway, uh, so now what we have is a guarantee for a Red Raider to play in the Super Bowl because Broderick Washington and Pat Mahomes will play against each other. 14th time in the last 15 seasons that a Red Raider will be in the Super Bowl. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, the one you were just mentioning, the Lions, their incredible story continues. They win 31-23. Ultimately, in an eight-point loss, but to me, towards the end, that game didn't feel that close. Even though, you know, the the Bucks had a chance. You well, I mean, that pick. it just didn't. The Bucks just didn't feel like they had any momentum offensively. I don't know. They, I mean, they had a minute fifty-nine on the clock. What what more can a quarterback want? Minute you fifty-nine can, to go drive the field and tie the game. I can, that's what I'm saying. I know that they had the drive. It's just it, it, when when they got the ball. I, to me, I sat down and said, "There's no way they're going to take advantage of this." Yeah, just felt like it was the Lions' game. And ultimately, that was the case. So there you go. That is uh, the juice. You can hit us up on the H4 Center chat line. Thoughts, comments, and all of that. Uh, this on the chat line. Uh, come on, dude. If McCole Trash Hardman didn't do an ignorant thing, the Chiefs win going away. Stop with the butt, butt, butt. Here's the thing. The uh, ignorant thing you're talking about, McCole Hardman, have gone hand in hand his entire career as a chief, and I thought it went away when he went to the Jets and it came back. I don't know why they insist on doing that. Why do you have to get him involved yeah. that close? It has not worked more than it has worked. It had already not worked once in that game, and he fumbled the ball. Have you seen – sorry, again, I'm not trying to no. take over here, but have you seen that uh, – who was it? Was it Jason Fowler from ESPN? Um, anyway, someone from ESPN reported that there is a lot of backing – after the Hardman play, Jeremy Fowler, pardon me, um, that fumbling through the end zone will be a rule change. I was going to ask this you about this later. Yeah, yeah, we can bring it up later. But yeah. I just, I just thought that was extremely interesting because I've always thought that's too harsh of a penalty because you're rewarding a defense for something for not even recovering the football. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, I can hear we'll, both sides of the, we'll, the coin We'll get into our thoughts okay. on that uh, a little bit later on. Yes, I was going to say, it's interesting you brought that up. I was going to ask you about that. Because okay. uh, it seems, I don't think it even seems split. Because I feel like, for the most part, I've seen one argument for it. For? for to change it. Oh, okay. And maybe there's, I, I know there's going to be someone out there that's like, oh, Yeah, no, someone will say, don't fumble the football. But Maybe it's me. It's Tech Talk on Don't See 97.3. podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3 presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Happy Monday. You got us on Tech Talk. Double T 97.3, Double T 97.3.com. Thanks for hanging out with us. Clint Scott, Choice Woodman, and Ben Foreman. After we're done at 6 o'clock tonight, it's Lady Raider Basketball with Krista Gerlich. You can hit us up on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Thoughts, comments, questions, reactions, all of that. <laughs> Welcome there. Choice uh, in for Gus. Bobby Hot Dogs asked, where is Gus? Did Clint pass this? Hershey, Hershey squirts along to him. Uh, no, he's just on a trip. He will be back uh, Wednesday. That is correct. Uh, well, this on the chat line. What the heck? Is everyone swapping spit up there? Hope not. I hope not. Yeah, I don't want to be in that club. 
Uh, we also got from Bullfighter Hershey Squirt's horse name. I can already tell that would be a tongue twister to call there in the uh, horse race. That sounds awful, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Team Money said, why would you know that? You're a Jayhawk fan on a Red Raider sports show. <laughs> mm. Ouch. Ouch. Uh, okay. So we'll go ahead and jump right into this because you brought it up. Since you brought it up, you just, you just want to talk about it. Sorry. This is all you want to talk about these days. You're talking the about the Jayhawks' level. loss to West Virginia, right? This is what we're talking about? Oh, oh man. That'll make you more sick, right? No, I'm just kidding. I know that, no, was, you, that, was, you mean that you. was celebrated in the area, and I congratulate you guys on your celebration. Hey, still in first place in the league. Going to hold on to it as long as possible. Well, Four and one. It's 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 funny like how, how important it is right now to be... <laughs> Four and one. It is like for the 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 grinded out style of wins. You can go, boy. Okay, is this gonna catch catch up to you? And then like you look at the loss to Houston on the road, which again was on the road, and Houston woke up a little bit offensively. Specifically, Shed had an had a, a career type night. Yeah. Although that's a good player. I saw a lot of people going like, oh, he's not. Shed's a good player, but he played out of his mind. He it did. does not matter because right now <laughs> I'm dying is what's happening right I now. Right now, the fact that you have put uh, as good of a foot forward in conference play yeah. as you can, um, especially with the questions surrounding this year and year one for McCaslin, and and not only how do you how do you coach as a head coach in the Big Twelve, how do you construct a roster year one in the Big Twelve? You know, I, I think 99% of Red Raiders outside of that locker room uh, would have said they would have taken 9 and 9, handed on yeah. on a platter to them prior to the Big 12 season, which, because 9 and 9 is almost assuredly going to get you in the tournament. And that's what most people want. At this point, you're 4 and 1. You, you got a chance to go higher than that. I, I know it's still extremely difficult and a lot can happen over the next 13 games, but. The way this team has played, there's there's reason for a lot of confidence, and and Grant McCaslin through five games is looking like the Big Twelve Coach of the Year right now. You, you know what I'm already through. Completely agree, by the way. You know what I'm already finished doing, um, and I didn't think I'd be through with it this early in conference play. We all know the Big Twelve is going to have teeth. It's going to be a buzzsaw like always. I'm I've thrown away some of the preseason talk in my mind. When you look at like tough stretches in the Big Twelve, yeah. because yeah. you're you're just gonna you're gonna face ranked teams or teams that deserve to be ranked all year, or you're gonna face a team that's a bottom end league that can jump up and beat somebody good, and and so to me like the the tough game stretch has just disappeared, yeah, because you were just in a tough stretch playing eighteen conference games, all eighteen of them in yeah. the Big Twelve. It does not matter if it's Oklahoma State, West Virginia, UCF. It does not matter if it's Houston, Baylor. Or you know Kansas, who who cares? Get wins, and you've done that so far. Yeah. Yep. All right. So rule change. Rule change. Actually, we'll talk about it since we've already set it up. Pro or con, for or against a rule change for that? I think I am in more of the yay category, um, but I could be swayed. Someone wants to tell me why this rule doesn't need to be changed. I'd listen to an argument. It's not a heavy. Okay, this this has got to be a rule change. Like there's there's rule changes out there. I want far more. Mm-hmm. Like there's in sports, there's a lot of rule changes. I would love to see 
um, a lot worse than this one. But this one, I, I think we're at the point. Yeah. I mean, why are we rewarding a defense for fumbling it out, out of the back of the end zone? Why doesn't it just go back to the place where the fumble happened? Um, why don't you have to recover it? it I, I don't know. I don't know. I, again, I can listen to arguments, but if it happens anywhere else on the field, and this is where my argument stands, is if it happens anywhere else on the field and it fumbles out of bounds, fumbles out of the field of play, mm-hmm. then it ends up just being a fumble at that spot. Yeah. So I, I don't quite understand, especially when I'm talking about back of the end zone, we're talking side of the end zone, which would be similar to out of bounds elsewhere. So I, again, I'm not talking, this has nothing to do with it happening to the chiefs. I've hated it when it's happened in college football, pro football, anytime, it's anywhere. It's just the latest example. Of yeah. It. Yeah. It's, it's happened plenty of times for years. Um, it, it is a rule I'd like to see changed. What say you? I'm. I honestly, this isn't good for sports radio. I really don't have a strong stance because if it gets changed, I'm going to be okay. So what? That's fine. If it gets because I, just like uh, just like I've seen it go against the team I've rooted for, I've seen it work for the team that I've rooted for. Right. Um. In playoff games, actually, there was a big one against the Texans like that that happened a few years ago. Sure. And uh, to me, the the it's not a stance against it. It's just when I when I look at these goal line plays, it's more of the issue like can you hang on to the ball on the most crucial part of the field? And I get it. Everybody wants to reach out because here's the other side. You can maybe say with first downs you do this, but this is the biggest percentage of people being the stupidest with the ball because they know – all they have to do is for it to barely touch the line, and it's six points, and then it does not matter what happens after that. Yeah. So this is the only area. <coughs> Coca, they're synced. Good grief. Uh, You've excuse me. Just mentally passed it over to me. Uh, it's the only part of the field that you see them really put it in danger that often. And, and that's why I, I think that you don't see it more. Because if you're like at the – you're at the 26-yard line, mm-hmm. right? And it's a second and seven, and it's a four-yard gain. Yeah, sure, sometimes players do the at the very end. Oh, I stuck it out because to get it. But they're they're more hanging on to the ball. You see this play happen more centralized at the goal line. So I don't have an issue with it turning into a rule. I don't have an issue with it staying the way it is. I have an issue with players consistently putting the ball in harm's way and then being like, oh, the rule's so dumb. You know the rule's there. That's the issue. Like, you know the rule. So it sounds like you do have a stance on this. I, maybe you said I you were do. Switzerland, I, and then you, <laughs> you're you going pro defense. I have, a, I have a stance on players knowing what the rules are and not costing your team. That could have cost the Chiefs last night. It probably should have in some regards. Um, that should have been a, a nail-in-the-coffin type moment. They were going up by 10, suffocating type momentum. But no, you lose the ball. It just happens to go through the end zone, out of bounds there, and then the Bills get the ball back. So I'm curious, like, where is the where's the traction coming from for the NFL? Is this head coaches? Is this ownership? Or 
Who's pushing for this? Because you got to think the players' union is made up half of offensive players and half of defensive players, and the defensive players don't want this rule changed. No, yeah, why would you? So yeah, defense. If there's a single defensive coordinator that's like leading the charge, he should be fired. <laughs> Get rid of so, him. Yeah. So I don't know where this traction is coming from. Where this rule change they're saying is likely in the off season. I don't know. Um, I will say I, I feel like I have seen a bigger argument to change it, and maybe that's because it's bigger or just louder. Louder. Okay. That's a better word. Like just yeah. more people. Yeah, I, I, I think, and again, I don't, I don't have like numbers over here. I just feel like, because well, I, I, I never see someone go like, thank, thank goodness this rule's here. That's a great rule. Yeah. That's the best rule we have. Yeah. Like no one's putting it on a pedestal. But then again, does anyone really just, I guess, applaud rules? <laughs> Probably not. Thank goodness we have holding in the game. It's tech talk. What's your favorite rule? There's not one. <laughs> the one they don't call. Ah, there you go. It's Tech Talk on Double T 97.3. The podcast put together with Red Raider fans in mind. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T 97.3. Presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Tech Talk, you've got us on Double T973, Double T973.com. Thanks for joining us here on a Monday. Clint, Choice, and Ben, 6 o'clock tonight is Lady Raider Basketball with Krista Gerlich right here on Double T973. And then 6 o'clock over on 100.7 score, our good buddy Garrett Left will be right here in the First United Bank studio with coaches from Coronado, Estacado, Lubbock High, and Monterey for the high school Fan zone every Monday is an LISD edition. You can hit us up on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. Thoughts, comments, and all of that good stuff. Thoughts and comments like this from Raiders Dad. But, 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 horse name. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Uh, this on the chat line. I think I understand the rule if the ball is rolling around in the end zone, but yesterday the ball never touched the ground until it was out of bounds. So that penalty seemed extreme. This is the uh, this is the ball because I I mean I see where commenters coming from. It doesn't matter to me if it touches the ground or not because it's a fumble either way. Um, yeah, I don't know if that affects you at all. No, it doesn't affect me at all. Um, again, I'm very slightly on one side, but I would be just fine. Not going to lose any sleep if they keep the rule as is. Yeah, you you want you know more ghost runners in baseball, right? That's what you're actually after, and you want them earlier. You want them before even. Extra no, I just want them to change the actual like... name to Zombie Runner. That's better. <laughs> Vampire Runner. That's what we're going for. Yeah. No, number one rule that needs to be changed right now is uh, home field. If you host a regional, you're home. You're the home team every single time you take the field. Mm-hmm. That's it. I thought, isn't this something that's in the works? Am I making that I, up? I thought we were getting that last year. I thought I had read that, and then we got to the regional, and that wasn't the case. So maybe it goes in this year, but that's still the one that that has to go. They it's, did. They No, what's in the works is that they, uh, for sure this year, uh, you get to play their walk-up music. Oh, okay. Which is 
it's like a step because that's what it is. We all know it's a home field advantage. It's what does stupid it matter that they the, don't the, embrace it. Yeah, because yeah. that's that's the whole point. You've earned it. Like, you what have, are they going to do? You have earned hosting. What are they going to do in the twelve team playoff next year? And be like, nope, nope. You can't announce starting lineups on the video board. Uh, no third quarter music. No, like uh, the hey, band hey, has to LSU, shut up. You can't. You can't do any neck. Tennessee, yeah, hey, no Rocky Top, and they go excuse moi. Exactly. So, like, you're gonna get rid of all that stuff for the first round of the the 12 team playoff when they're hosting these on site. No, they're not gonna do that. Hey, Oklahoma, you know that little wagon thing? Yeah, keep it outside of the stadium. Punks. This is this is just the same thing. They have they have their tiny little muscle they can flex against the sport of baseball. Very tiny little muscle. A tiny muscle it is the tiniest muscle. The one that drives their big truck. And I I just, yeah, I don't think, uh, I think they have, they wield a little bit of power still mm-hmm. there. They have none when it comes to football. And hopefully we get all the way away from that. Tiny muscle wielding horse name. Uh, what about the football move involving a catch? Rule needs to be changed as well. I just don't like that that terminology gets thrown in as an excuse to back what is and isn't a catch because it does feel like it's it's because the, the problem is it's all subjective right and, and it's going to be i don't know i i think 95 percent of us can agree when a ball's caught or not <laughs> and then sometimes it's not ruled that way on the we field can that's the problem right. we uh, can most human beings can say that was a catch or that was not a catch very rarely is it close enough where you're not sure mm-hmm. des caught it as simple as that Everybody knew it, except the writing of the rule. Mm-hmm. Someone should have told the writing of the rule that. Mm. But no, I get I get what you're coming from. Uh, don't reach the football out in traffic. Keep it close to your body. That from Robert. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, again, it's 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 field awareness, play awareness. Um, every change has benefited offense. No more. Now that's a. Yeah, that's a good that's point. That's an interesting point, and it's true because it is an an offensive league. It was an offensive league five years ago, and it has turned into even more. Like, it's not even close. I, I totally get why now more than ever it would be hard to be like, oh, I can't wait to grow up and be a defensive back. Yeah. And that's past just like, oh, the everyone wants to score mentality. It's a, it, is, it is harder than it has ever been mm-hmm. to be a skills player on the defense. And that's coming from a person who constantly complains about skills player, skill players on the defense. Well, you should get some that actually know how to catch the ball on your team. Well, the defense is fine in the skills player position. Oh. It's the other side. It's the one it's supposed to benefit. True. Uh, the end zone is owned by the other team. If you lose possession on their property, it belongs to them. I like that wording. Yeah, that's... Makes sense. I don't know if that's actually all true or not, but it makes sense. I hope there's a defensive coordinator out there, just like twelve gauge pump in the hand, like you keep him out of our property. No trespassing. That's right. This was passed down to my pappy and his pappy before him. Uh, Bullfighter says my argument is even if it is first, second, or third down when you fumble the football out of the end zone, it acts the same as a punt to the defense. Don't like the change of possession. Hang on to the football. Yeah. Fair. 
Offenses are so protected that they should be penalized by not maintaining control of the ball when trying to score, in my opinion. But that is wrong because all of these are, are Yeah, you against, found plenty that are against the rules. The so. Army's rising up. Yeah. We're doing it. Uh, Bullfighter also said Healy and Clint Scott. <laughs> okay. Somebody stole his lucky charms. Hmm. Do I sound like lucky? Who's lucky? He's the lucky charms guy. Oh, they're... After me, Lucky Charms. That's his name? Yeah, it's just Lucky. Okay. Yeah, best cereal? More you know. No. Well, I'm asking what is it? Oh, okay. I was like, no, not even close. Well, uh, you don't even, but you don't consider Lucky Charms? That's an all-timer. Nah. That's a top five. A little overrated. If the wow. if the other part, other than the marshmallows, wasn't cardboardy, then it would be better. Yeah, but the marshmallows are there, so who cares? Yeah, if you go all marshmallows, then it's number one cereal of all time. But <laughs> it's... No, there's... Like fruity pebbles with marshmallows is better. Fruit mm. fruit loops with marshmallows. All these ones that have gone with the marshmallows, it's like oh okay. Um, marshmallows don't need to be in every cereal. I don't know what to tell best you. Best one. Let's go. It's tough. I I go back and forth. The probably the most consistent frosted flakes is hard to beat. I mean oh, that's. Man. It's very consistent, mm -hmm. but I think the number one answer. Frosted like if, mini wheats. If you're if you're going like, Family Feud number one answer survey says, cinnamon toast crunch. Ooh, solid. I think that's going to be the number one answer solid. out there. Yeah. This answer changes for me like weekly. Yeah, me it too. It depends so, when I'm in the mood. But me. the one that stays consistent is probably Frosted Flakes. For, I, I said Frosted many weeks as a joke, but also not as a joke. Oh, it yeah. is a, oh man. It's so good. Yeah, I like to chew my I like to chew on like cow food for breakfast sometimes. You so know it's what, good. You know what the to your lucky charms and cardboard? I've always thought of it as like you know when you have a dog and it just like you can't get it to stop eating its food where it's it's hazardous to choking, right? And so you have to get it this bowl that has these rings, so it's got to work for it a little Seen bit. It. Yeah, that's what the cardboard is for. Is for like people like me because if it was just marshmallows, just inhale it. We'd be in the ER because it would just be vacuum and choking. Fair enough. Yeah. We'll have a play of the day when we come back. It's Tech Talk on Double T ninety seven three. The podcast that finishes your workday in a very Red Raider way. This is the Tech Talk Podcast from Double T 97.3, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. That's something else that I guess had happened before I was here for a day, a day last week. Just punched in my time card and left and said, you guys do it. Um, but I, I watched Jamie's favorite Matthew McConaughey film. Reign of Fire. Oh, you did watch that. Yeah. Uh, I think I still have uh, like 14 days on that Amazon Prime rental or whatever. Oh, okay. So I need like, to I like need a, to borrow your password for yeah. that so I can watch it. Right. Uh, it Gus was, saw, said he might have had it in the DVD collection, but he'd have to hunt for it. Collier had texted oh, me, Oh, that's too. who it was. You know, it was um, Collier, not Gus. Um, I had just... This, this movie, I'm not saying it's some masterpiece now. I just never heard of it. I'd never I've only heard, heard of it from Jamie. And there, I mean, he was in it. Christian Bale was in it. There was a, there was a lot of big names mm -hmm. that were in it. And I just didn't know of this movie's existence. And Jamie was very upset to find out that after I'd finally watched it, this movie of, uh, and Fire. I didn't, even, even Jamie saying it's a movie where Matthew McConaughey's fighting dragons. Right. I didn't look anything up about it. I didn't look up a trailer. I didn't want to know about it. Um, and so sorry if I'm doing any spoiler alerts now. Uh, Christian Bale is the is the main character in it. I think you've given enough. I mean, room for the spoiler alert. Yeah, uh, it's like a 
2002 movie. Darth Vader is Luke's father. Um, Dude, you didn't give enough time on that one. <laughs> uh, real quick, you got a, a skosh of uh, news here. Bring it in. Rankings are out for track and field. Lady, uh. Lady Raider track and field team number nine in the country. Red Raiders are uh, number one in the first poll of the year. So, All right. number one in the country. That's pretty good. That's I would high praise, so. Joyce. Doesn't doesn't happen just all the time around these parts to have a number one team. Yeah. So, congrats to Coach Kitley and company. Got a lot of season left as they travel to Louisville this week. Louisville. All right, well, there you go. Good, great news, great tidbit there, Joyce. Uh, let's get into a play of the day, shall we, Ben? Paul goes all the way to the right block and underneath. Knocks down. He gets fallen down. And now it's taken by the Red Raiders. They've got numbers. Get it to pop. Pop. Baseline left three. Bang! Wow. Yeah, and, and so, Choice, you talked about this, and I, I agree with it. Is It's not just like shooting your way out of a deficit like that. No. Um, because clearly there there were defensive issues and you were struggling with what BYU was doing in the first half. Uh, and then on your own and offensively, you couldn't do enough to keep up and um, struggle at times. It didn't look like the offense you can be. And to be fair, this isn't the first time we've seen this in a first half. It just felt like <clears throat> BYU's offense was dangerous enough that they could keep running you out of the building in the second half. And, and you found a way kind of buck up defensively, right, and and found a way where you know, weren't just letting them go into the lane and just kick it and just these wide-open uh, three-pointers. And then they got a little bit cold, too, but it was more of what you were doing than them just, oh, okay, well, never mind, BYU can't shoot it. That was a once-and-a-half half for them, a once-in-a-life type of half for them. Yeah, I think, I mean, they, they are known for the three ball, and, and it wasn't much of a surprise that they were going to shoot several threes in the game. They've shot more than anybody in the country coming in. But um, the part that was so surprising is that Tech just looked like they were completely lost in defending the the pick and roll. Didn't know if they were going mm-hmm. under at times. Didn't know if they were going over. Um, if it wasn't an open three they were giving up, there were several open layups in the second half. And I was shocked at how poor Texas Tech's defense was in the first half. Whatever adjustments were made in the locker room, it was almost perfect. You outscored them, what, 53-30, to 30, I think, in the second half. And it was a uh, it was a clinic on the defensive end. And so much of that set up your offense on the other end, quick runouts and, and some open threes on the other side of the, the court. And, uh, yes, it helps when Pop Isaacs is having one of the nights of his life shooting. Absolutely, that, that helps you win the, the basketball game. But... I thought Pop Isaac's defense, that may have been the best half of defense that I've seen him play as a Red Raider as well. So um, the effort and energy were there in the second half. And I, I think um, I think the adjustment, if you really go back and watch, if you want to get really deep in the weeds on the nerdiness of watching film, um, BYU had their giant large dude Khalifa. Mm-hmm. If you watch the, the pick and rolls in the first half, there's moving screens all over the place. I mean, just completely shoving into the screens. And Texas Tech did the same thing on the offensive end in the second half. You're like, hey, they're, they're not calling any moving screens in this game. We need to adjust to the whistle, which is what Tech didn't do against Houston on uh, Wednesday night. They didn't. They never adjusted to the whistle, which was a very physical game. Tech got physical in the second half, 
and it was the difference in the game to me. Um, big win over what was the number four net team in the country. I think they're number five now, so it's not like they dropped down a bunch and uh, helps Tech move higher up in that category. I'm, uh, I'm curious what you think on this because it's not just the first great game Pop Isaacs has had. Um, it, it's tough when you are in a league to get this kind of notoriety, especially a league like the Big 12, that it feels like every single guard or, or every single team has some sort of superstar guard who you can put into this conversation. But I think it is a fair conversation now that you're starting to see your all Big 12 lists pop up and things like that. That I mean, Isaac's name has to start being mentioned because he's winning Big 12 games. I mean, it's a team effort that you're talking about. Yeah. But he is having, I mean, game-changing performances. And again, where, where I go, this is hard is you can look at like a UCF that has a Sellers who has a really good guard. That's not a good team. It it's it's a competitive team and a team that can beat you, but from what we think in the Big 12, ultimately probably won't be one of the better teams. That's a better way to say that. West Virginia, Raquan Battle is a terrific guard. Probably whenever we look back at the end of the season when it's all said and done, if I had to guess, stop me if you disagree, we'll go, yeah, that in the league, that wasn't one of the better teams. You have teams like that that have guards like that where it's hard to, I guess, rise above in the conversation. So this is also where you start racking up wins and start getting those looks early. I get for tournament wins, having an all-Big 12 player means diddly, but I think Pop Isaacs has played to that level. And I also think Warren Washington, his name should be thrown yeah, I out think, too. I think he was, uh, that was one of his better games. There were a couple of times where he broke down defensively, but... Um, gotten a little foul, tiny bit of foul trouble, um, but his, I think his game was was vital against the the big man Khalifa. So, yeah, I, I think you got all Big Twelve type of efforts out of a few of those players on this team, and with a four and one team right now, you're going to have those guys in consideration. But as we've seen so much in this league, you got 13 games left, and you're still going to have to find a way to to scratch out some wins, and this is the test right here. You've got three out of four games on the road. Mm-hmm. Three out of four games on the road, three out of four games against ranked opponents. That's where, you know, I was saying throwing out the the tough stretch conversation because yeah. it's all a tough stretch. It's more a better question is, hey, can you win? Um, one, can you win on the road, which you've already done that against Texas, but can you win a couple games on the road? Because, I mean, if you do that, over what you've already done already. And even if you split them, I'll, I'll tell you right now, I'd probably take a split. Um, yeah, if you... You're, you're, you're going to be doing what teams haven't been in the Big 12 right now. Because there's not a lot of teams right now that could say they have two wins on the road in the conference. Not really, no. Now, I, I think right now, as the resume sits, Texas Tech has as good of a resume as anybody in the country. I know you... You don't have a win over Kansas or Houston or anything like that. Not in the country, pardon me, in the in the Big 12. But by default, the country. Well, I mean, when we're talking <laughs> best in basketball. No, when you look at the resume, it's it's almost as good as anybody in the Big 12 uh, because your one loss is against the best team in the Big 12 right now in their place, in their, their home atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So 
I, I'm curious to see what happens to Houston because I think their ceiling what, that we've seen at home for Houston is the best in the league. I think they've got the the highest ceiling of anybody because of their defense. Now, when they get away from home, we'll see. And you do get Houston at home a little bit later in the season. I still, shocker, still put Kansas on that line. Shocker. Um, Baylor's going not, up. Not with losses to UCF and West Virginia now. Again, road loss. Baylor's going away from me a little bit. Not, not that they they're are, not. They are falling out for me. A little bit, but. Yeah. I think it's a two-horse race. We'll at see. This what point. I'm. I'm so curious. Like, over the next two weeks, and I know you've got a week before you play your next game, but over the next two weeks, how differently we'll feel about the Big Twelve as True. we start to see some sort of shaping out in the conference. It's Tech Talk on Double T ninety-seven-three. It's every Red Raiders favorite podcast. This is the Tech Talk podcast from Double T ninety-seven-three, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. It is Tech Talk here in Double T ninety seven three and double T ninety seven three dot Scott Choice Woodman Ben Form. Is there a, anything you would uh, like to clean up? No, I'm perfect. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I did say uh, we played Houston at home and had forgotten. No, we don't. Yeah, it is hard to keep up. Uh, in my own defense, yes, I may have been wrong, but uh, the we've been so used to a double round robin where you play eighteen games. Uh, play nine teams twice. That is hard to remember who your five teams you are playing home and away are. And next year is going to get even worse because you're going to play 20 conference games. Oh, man. And I'm, I'm excited teams. for it, though. It's going to be. Oh, it will. But it's, two, two games, it, it's, you know. But remembering go, it's is going to be. It's just two more games, right? That just maximizes the brutality to me. Yeah. Two more games. Yeah. So I had. Uh, I had mixed up Houston and Baylor. Forgot we played Baylor twice and thing. Is that one you would want? If if you could say, hey, no, like, I like would rather have Baylor at home than I think you're. I think Baylor right. but, is the more beatable e- team. E- even past just Baylor, I mean, like of the ones you have, because I mean Texas is going away, so that won't be an option. Well, if I had my pick of you're talking about next year, yeah, I mean, uh, give me five. No, give I want me, give me five. I want Houston at home alone. A home, home, Macaulay Culkin. I want Houston at, at home only is what I would like. Um, That's true. If if they did like just slide over and they're hey they're we're, we're doing it like in a similar way. Um, Texas is gone. Houston's in state, so you're gonna play them twice. I would be a little bit bitter that you didn't get them just at home. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, I think that's gonna help. I'm. I, well, I don't know. You're adding four teams, so who knows what that that does to the yeah. whole mixture. I, I'm I'm gonna go. My prediction is they'll just slide them over into. That. I don't think it'll be. Well, you're not gonna spot. play. Okay, then math gets involved. I don't think you'll play with 16 teams. You won't play five different teams for or twice. You won't have less though, because you're adding games. Correct. That's my point. And okay, well we'll see what happens. You're adding teams too. You're adding games and adding teams. Good point. So math is hard. I, I, it is. I, anyway, so yes, I was incorrect on Houston. Thought thought you played them at home. Either way, um, to me, they are the best team in the league. That was my point. And you played them on the road. Uh, you get Kansas to me, the second best team in the league right now at home. And I like your like your chances. Don't love your chances. Like your chances in that game. I like your chances of any game in in your home building. Um, so. 
yeah, it's you're sitting in. I guess you could say you're sitting in the catbird seat, four and one. You control your own destiny from here on out. Now it's a a long time. You get to uh, have a big say in that. Uh, if you go two and two over the next four games, I would feel pretty happy about that. Uh, all right, Ben. I, I have some, something to Ben. I have something for you. So you're in the. Oh uh, you're a play by play broadcaster. You've called a game or two, Mr. Choice Woodman. You are in the thick of your own basketball season. Um, I found this. Now, this was from a game actually just down the road uh, to our neighbors to the west, a game of Carlsbad against El Camino. Um, uh, you see, we're always looking for inspiration, right, in this obviously. business. Um, maybe this could help you. What? Jet Kenny guarding down low in the steal. I can see a big Sam one. Freeney. Oh, it oh my God. Sit down, little boy. Let the man fly. I don't care about the technical. He is up in the sky sending it down, big man. Sam Freeney. Boom, 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 boom. That's a body. Put him in the sky oh and let him God. fly. <laughs> he just keeps going. Oh, my gosh. Boom, 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 Wait, boom. so this is Carlsbad, New Mexico, or Carlsbad, California. I thought this was Carlsbad, New Mexico. This could be Carlsbad. Wait, California. So who's who's the two teams again? Uh, Carlsbad versus El Camino. I I could be totally wrong. I don't really care. I just like the call. It's fantastic. I'm trying to find. Put this. a body in the sky. Bo 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 bo. California. Okay. Even better. Okay. I don't know why it's even better, but even better. <laughs> <laughs> Are you gonna use that? Will you use the booms? The booms. Uh, Put him down, little boy. I lo- I love the. I'm little probably boy not gonna call anybody a little boy on a broadcast. I why? do remember the one thing I've done. Uh, I said about a player uh, for friendship one time. I said he flexes his skinny frame, and uh, <laughs> he and his dad always go back and listen apparently to the games or watch it <laughs> afterwards. And he his dad his dad let me know that that. He laughed at that over and over, so it was it was taken okay. But he's he was oh, it was Tate Beals. So I can say who it was. Oh, it okay. Was, <laughs> he's a he's a big skinny kid, but oh, but yeah. he is fiery and yeah, he's whitey. So, yeah, so it was fun. I I have not called anybody a little boy though, and I probably there's something about like probably the, would not the high school level or local level trash talk while doing play-by-play you yeah can there's tell, some like that. they go to that you know they're that is uh that was something don't even care about the technical yeah can i hear it one more time ben wow jet kennedy garden down low in the steel i can see a big Sam one Freeney. Oh! Oh! oh my god sit down little boy let the man fly i don't care about the technical he is up in the sky sending it down big man sam Freeney. Boom, 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 boom. That's a body. Put him in the sky and let him oh, fly. Man. I forgot the, the he is up in the sky. Oh, man. Just like, he was just looking for words, man. That's something. He was so excited. All right. Uh, thank you, Ben, for playing that for us. This on the Yates Flooring Center chat line. You can hit us up there uh, as well. Um, this from Team Honey. Steve Perry hasn't been with Journey in almost two decades. Um, you should say former Journey frontman Steve Perry. Correct. Should have said former. Uh, Tyler said shouldn't have had that gas station ceviche. Mm. Yeah, that'll get an alien chest burster in you for sure. 
Is that what got you? Mm. The gas station ceviche. Well, that's what got you. No, mine was mine, mine was, was from a restaurant. It just happened to be from Dumas. It doesn't make it any better. Uh, Jerry said, dude was found off the street somewhere in Asia, now front man of Journey. Look at that. Pretty incredible. Uh, what do you think about the Ravens and Chiefs? I think it's going to be a good football game. I think the opening line was three. Haven't seen any movement today. I haven't looked for it. Um... I think I'd probably pick the Ravens, but mm-hmm. I would pick the Bills before. I just, the Chiefs as a team are not near as good as they've been in recent history, but it's still Patrick freaking Mahomes over there. So it's hard to ever bet against him. It's kind of the Brady rule. Don't bet against Brady and Belichick. Don't bet against Patrick Mahomes in the postseason because um, you're going to lose more often than not. So I think we're going to be in for a pretty good game. Um the Texans held the Ravens down in the first half, and I thought, okay, maybe maybe this is Lamar Jackson again, and then they explode. So I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I do think that Patrick Mahomes in the postseason is a different animal. So uh, For me, just to answer, keep going, uh, answer off the chat line. Um, one, I, I think it's a – now maybe you can just go, well, yeah, of course, you're a Chiefs fan. I think from a, a matchup-wise, this is a lot more enticing for some reason than what you have with the 49ers and the Lions. Even though the Lions, one of the best stories that you've seen in the NFL in a long time. and, and I think you just got more star power in this Yeah, and, and that's part of it. Um, and even like for the 49ers with Debo Samuel out, like that's taken away part of the star power. But I guess to me, it, it feels... I feel like the 49ers defensively at home are going to end the magic of the Lions. Like mm-hmm. I think the the like defensive I think that pressure is going to be all over Jared Goff. I don't think the Lions are going to be very good um because of it offensively. I don't think they're going to be able to get much going. And on the other side with the Chiefs and the Ravens, now it starts with the quarterback talk and it should um, because of, well, one, the position that it is in the league, and then you have two guys um, who have won MVPs. I think Lamar Jackson's the MVP this year. Um, Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. But you've also got two really good defenses. Now, if I'm the Ravens offense and I watch what the Chiefs defensive line did over the weekend and just get pummeled up front, I'm probably licking my chops a little bit with that. But still, defensively in the secondary... The Chiefs have been fantastic all year. Now, they're a little bit more beat up, and they got more beat up in that game against uh, Buffalo, so we'll see who's in and who's out for them. Um, But I I just think it's going to be an incredible matchup. This has been the Tech Talk Podcast, presented by Cantex Roofing and Construction. Check out our library of Double T 97.3 podcasts at DoubleT97.3.com.